We're so glad today. We celebrate Jesus on this Pentecost Sunday. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Wonderful to have you here. You at home and you are in the building. Why don't you go ahead and be seated? Praise the Lord. We celebrate Jesus. My name is Pastor Basin. We're at the Living Water Christian Center Church here in East Orange. Praise God. And it's Pentecost Sunday. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're talking about 50 days after Passover. It's Pentecost. Pentecost means five, right? Amen. Yeah. So it's 50 days after Passover. It's Pentecost. Yes. And we, we're so grateful. And we're going to read to you from um, Acts chapter 2. This is the day celebrated that the Holy Ghost fell upon the church. Amen. And the Holy Spirit has been with us ever since. Praise the Lord. Not just for those souls, not just for those folks back in the day, but for you and me as well. If you was on the prayer this morning, uh, we have prayer with the 12 pastors from New Jersey down to Florida. And if you were there, there was about 80 people participating. And we just want to thank you. I hope you, I hope you enjoyed it. We got something out of it. Look what it says in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one place in one accord. And see what happens, Jesus told them to wait. Before he ascended, he said, wait in Jerusalem, wait on the promise. Wait on the promise. And see, they didn't know what they didn't know exactly what they was waiting for. They didn't know, they knew there was a promise, they knew it was coming, and they knew there was going to be a dial of power, but they did not know what they was about to experience. But they were there, and it, it was there about 10 days. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, one sat upon each. Now, I want you to imagine this. It's probably easy to see it in a cartoon. I want you to imagine that um, the sound of the wind, okay? You know, like sometimes when you see illustrations of this, you see the, the, the shade, the drape blowing and stuff like that. It, was, it wasn't a wind. It was the sound of the wind. You know that? Y'all make that sound. You can do, do that shh. You know that kind of sound, right? It's a, that word is an onomatopoeia. When the words that make the sounds, right? All right. And so, so the sound of a Russian mighty wind, and there are a pair of little golden tongues, and imagine little fire on top of their heads, okay? Now, you're not going to see that fire today. Amen? Amen. Praise God, but you can still have that. Praise the Lord. And and they all, look what it says, there's 120 of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. In other words, they began to speak in a language that was not their native language. It was not their learned language. You know, there's a lot of people that are bilingual, and actually we all need to be a little bilingual now. But um, there's people who, who, who learn languages, but this is not a language that any of them learn. All right? And there were men, and there was in Jerusalem people from development from every nation under the heaven. And then there's a list of the different, different nations that were represented, including the um, Gentile proselytes, Gentile converts, right? And they all heard, they all heard these people praying and praising God in their own language because it says the noise was spread abroad. 
In other words, this was a loud thing, and they must have came out of the house. There was enough room. They must have came downstairs. They must have came out of the house where the folks in Jerusalem could hear. And imagine being in different, from different places in the world and hearing these folks of Galileans, these Galileans, speaking in your language. Okay? And Galileans weren't known for their education, by the way. Okay? You know, we talk about fishermen and craftsmen and stuff like that. You know, praise God. So we're going to skip down to verse 12. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what could this mean? What manner is this? What's going on here? Others, verse 13, mocking, saying, <laughs> they're all filled with new wine. You know, there's always some mocker, some hater, some person that's not going to receive, not going not to accept what they actually hear and see. You know, it happens all the time. You know, in that last, um, oh God, that last court case that we all watched this summer, you know, where um, the officer was, was accused and convicted. There were some people not believing what they saw. When you look at um, January 6th, there were some people in Congress that denied what they actually saw on the videos. It's crazy. And there are some people here that will deny what they hear and see. Okay? But look what it says in verse 13. Peter's my man. You know, Peter's outspoken. You know, he's known as the one that quick to speak. Well, they came in handy this day. But Peter, standing in up with the eleven, raised his voice and said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known unto you and heed my words. These are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. You know, and these folks didn't get drunk in nine o'clock. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass, I'm reading from the New King James, it shall come to pass in the last days, say God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means all people. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men, men servant and my handmaids, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs in the earth, blood and fire. And now he's talking about stuff that's going to happen in the very last days, after the rapture. Okay? But look what it says here. He says that everybody, this is for everybody. Okay? See, back in the day, only the only people that had the anointing, that we like to use that term, only people that was anointed was the, the priests and the prophets and the kings, right? It was the priests, the prophets, and the kings, amen? But nowadays, it's for everybody. Young, old, young, old, despite their, their position and their stature and their social and economic status and their race, you know, and, and their gender, despite all that, this is for everybody. He said, all flesh. That means all people, no matter what tribe, no matter what station they're in, no matter what nationality they are. There was folks in, that, in Jerusalem right there from all parts of what they call, what they considered the whole world. Amen? You know? And so there was folks from Europe. You know, we didn't call it Europe back then, but there was folks from Europe and Asia and different places. And they all heard men and women praising God, 
loudly and glorifying God in their native language. Okay? Praise the Lord. You know? And so this is what this, this is what Peter was saying. Let me finish reading this for you. In verse 20 says, The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Talk about the judgment day. This is after the rapture. Okay? And it shall come to pass. Whatsoever, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Is that a beautiful thing? Don't, don't, don't make this difficult for people. The Bible said, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Another place it says, how can they call on him whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? You know, they have to believe, they have to hear, and there has to be a preacher, a witness. That's you and me. We are the witnesses, amen? So don't make it difficult for folk who are seeking the Lord. It says, whosoever call upon his name shall be saved. You know, don't make them, I, you know, I thought, I told you this before, I thought I had to stand in a certain church on a certain night before a certain preacher to count the faith in Jesus Christ to be assured of my salvation. That's not so. Salvation comes whenever you call upon the name of the Lord, whenever you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. You don't have to wait. I waited a whole week, a whole week of scared a whole week and I should not have been scared. I should have been saved. I believed in the Lord already and I, salvation had already come. I didn't realize it because I believed on him. Right? And I thought I had to do, recite those words, repeat after me, and do it there and have my hands, have hands laid on me. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. But it wasn't necessary. All you have to do is call upon Jesus. If you're listening today and you want to be saved, just call upon Jesus. Ask Jesus into your life. Don't wait for one of us to lay hands on you. Just say, Jesus, I need to be saved. And believe. By faith, you're saved. By grace, you're saved. Faith. Amen. Not by laying on of hands, not by a church attendance, not by anything else, but by the grace of God. Because Jesus Christ has made the provisions for everybody. Everybody. I repeat this almost every week. John the Baptist calls him the Lamb of God. He's God's Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. He's the perfect sacrifice for all our sins and covers anybody who will come to him. Amen? Let me finish reading to you. <laughs> Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst. As you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands and crucified and put to death. He's saying to these Jewish men and women that you've done this to him. Actually, the people that did it was the leadership. They all get the blame. Right? Now listen, I don't want y'all be blaming Jewish friends and neighbors and folks like that for what happened to Jesus. Because there was predetermined and Jesus was willing and he, he volunteered and he gave himself up. You know, he's telling Jewish folks today that you killed my master, you killed my, you killed my savior. Don't do that. Don't be holding grudge against the nation. And don't hold the grudge against the Jewish individuals. Alright? Because they didn't do it anyway. Right? 
But it was the leadership of that day that caused all this to happen. And the folks just followed behind him, the same folks that said, Hosanna, Hosanna, later on that we cried out, crucify him, because they were provoked and they were encouraged and they were not converted yet. You know, they weren't saved. They weren't converted. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a general. They were looking for a king with a sword in his hand who would take names and kick Rome out. That's what they mean. They got disappointed. All right? They got disappointed. But look what it says here. And verse, um, let me read verse 23 again. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. So who, who you going to blame? The Father did this. In Isaiah 53 it says, Yet it pleased the Father, it pleased God to bruise him. All right, so this is the will of God. This is the work of God. And you have taken by lawless hands have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the bands of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. But David concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may be shaken, I may not be shaken, Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in Hades. David's prophesying, y'all. Nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. David had a hope, he had a prophecy, he had a knowledge that he was going to see God. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was going to see God. You know, even Job said that. You know, Job said, I, I'm going one day I'm going to see him. And he was going through all this trouble, all this terrible things happening in his life. He says, well, one day I'm going to see him. Mm -hmm. Right? So Job knew that. You know, and so and so so they they're saying to him, um, Peter's prophesying, he's preaching and prophesying, and quote the scripture, and he's telling these folks, this is God, the hand of God, All right? This is not crazy. This is not some crazy event. You know, we haven't lost our mind, and we're not drunk yet. You know, and we, this is going on, and this is what the Lord, this is the Lord's doing. All right, and he says. That he says, he said, that this was determined by God that Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, was going to give his life. He was going to turn it over to what he called sinful hands, wicked people, right? And he was going to be, he, he was going to lay down his life. Amen? But he was going to rise again because death can't hold him. Death can't hold right? The grave can't contain them, right? And he, he looked at the scripture that, 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 David, that David quoted, that David wrote, right? And he looked at that and said, this is bound to happen, right? And he's going to preach on. Now, I don't want to read the whole thing, but I do want to get down what's really good at all. <laughs> we got time. Men and brother, let me speak freely. To you of the patriarch David, 
that he is both dead and buried. In his tomb, and with us this is tomb is with us this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God has shown with an oath to him that of the fruit of his body, in other words, the demise Messiah is a defendant, descendant, <laughs> almost said defendant, descendant of David, right? Y'all know Mary was a direct descendant of David. That means Jesus is a direct descendant of David. And for those who are counting, Joseph was also a descendant of David too. Amen. Praise God. Look what it says here. Um, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he said of himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, till I make your enemies your footstool. So David is saying, and Peter is saying, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that he died. Yes, he died. He gave his life, and he was risen again on the third day, and he's ascended into heaven. He sits at the right hand of the Father. You have to understand the right hand, the right side, means power and privilege and authority. Okay. And now, if you're left-handed, there's no, no. It's all right. All right. If you're left-handed, that's a gift. Right. But on the right side, then privilege, power, and authority. Um, when I served in the military, we always have the, the highest ranking person on the right side. Right? If, if you sat in the car, if you stood, if you walked down the street, if you stood in formation, the, the highest ranking person was on the right side. If you had the flags up, and if the, if the American flag was not in the middle, it was always on the right side. Okay, because the right side wears the privilege and the power and the authority. Amen? Amen. Look what else it says here. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Amen. He was Lord and Christ when he was born, by the way. Don't, don't get it twisted. Don't act like he became Lord after the resurrection. He was Lord in Christ. In, in, the, in, the, in the crib. Okay? <clears throat> now, when they heard this, they were cut to their heart. They were pricked in the heart. They were convicted. The gospel convicts people. The gospel makes people change. The gospel makes people say, what, what am I? What kind of state am I? That's what the gospel does. Paul said he's not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it's the power of God unto salvation. The power is in the gospel message. Amen. I know you like to think that you have the power. But it's a word. It's a word. Amen. And when they heard Peter preach this gospel, they were convicted. They were cut. It says cut or pricked in the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? They said, what shall we do? Because they believed. And when you believe, you got to do something. 
But when you believe, salvation comes. Yes. And after salvation comes, then you start doing stuff. You confess Jesus Christ. You know, you go get baptized. You do whatever you have to do, but salvation is by faith through Jesus Christ. And then Peter said to them, repent. That means you know you sin, you know you sin, and you turn away from your sin, you're admitting you're a sinner, right? Repent. That means you know you have a need. You know you're not right. None of us are right without Jesus. Amen. There's no righteous, no, not one, not there. Single one of us was righteous without Jesus Christ. Not even them. Whoever your name is. Right? <laughs> even then, they have to be saved, y'all. And Papa, too. And the pastor, and the preacher, and the missionary, and the prophet, everybody had to get saved. And so do you. Now, look what it says here. Then Peter said to them, repent. Every one of you. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. It's an acknowledgement. The baptism is an acknowledgement of a change in your life. Amen? And your sins have been remitted because you confess. And you repent, you confess, you believe. Right? Your sins have been remitted. Right? And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises to you and to your children and to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord your God will call. That means it's to you and our children too. See, there are some people that believe that this was only for the first century church. But Peter said, to you and your children, as many as the Lord will call. If you've been called to his um, salvation, if he's drawn you by his spirit, if you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you were saved, this is for you too. Amen. It's for you. It's for everyone. Okay? Amen. And they did that, y'all. And they did that in the church grew that day, about 5,000 souls. 5,000 men. Um, or does it say souls and men? It's more than 5,000, because when they say about, that's just a round, so they just rounded it off. Okay? And fucking the church grew miraculously in one day. Right? Because of the gift of the Holy Ghost was poured out upon the church. And that same gift is available to you and me today. And all we have to do is receive it. Amen? Amen. Now, there's a problem for some folks. The idea of speaking in tongues. The idea of being out of control. You're not out of control when you speak in tongues. Because you speak as the Lord gives you the words to speak. That's what the utterance means. You speak as the Lord allows you to speak. Amen. And there are people you can speak in tongues and you can stop. You can stop yourself. And this is given to us. The power of the Holy Ghost is given to us for a work of ministry. Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. Right? You will be witnesses of me in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, for us to be a witness. And it's also available for us for our personal edification, for your own building up. That's what it says in Corinthians. We're going to study that in our Bible study. Okay? For your own edification. Praise God. So this is for us, and this is why they call us Pentecostals. Because we believe this on their Pentecostals for today, too. Amen. 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 And so this is what we're talking about today, and this is why we celebrate. 
you know, Jesus and NATO, wonderful, does some wonderful things for us. Most important thing he done is our salvation because he died for us and rose from the dead. And I, I say this before, you know, if, you, if you've been around me, you know I say some of the same things over and over again. You know that, right? Amen. Amen. I hope you get it the first or second time. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that he walked through water. It doesn't matter that he turned water into wine. It really doesn't matter that he healed the sick, raised the dead, gave sight to the blind, and cleansed the lepers. Right? It, it, it doesn't matter that he cast out devils. That doesn't matter if he had not gave his life. If he had not gave his life and was risen from the dead, none of that stuff would matter. It would just be a fantastic person in history. But this same Jesus is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. And he willingly gave his life. He said, no man takes my life. I lay it down. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it back up. I love it. <laughs> That's my Jesus, y'all. You know the Jesus that you know the Jesus that went to the temple and turned over the tables and stuff like that? That's my Jesus. <laughs> He's yours too, but I like that part. Amen. But anyhow, you know the Jesus that talks that talk, that's that strong talk. He said, destroy this temple. Destroy this temple in three days I will raise it back up. So that's, that's a tough guy. <laughs> He's not to be messed with. Amen? You know, folks try to mess with him. But this is for us. This is the power. God has shared his spirit with us. Okay? Now, let me help you. All right? When you come to faith in Jesus Christ, you receive the spirit. Okay? You become one of his. You become a son of God, a daughter of God. You know, it's not yet, it's not, you know, it's not yet certain how you will appear, what you're going to be like, but when he appears, you're going to be just like him. So, so even without the tongues, you're already his. You hear what I'm saying? Even without the tongues, you already belong to him. Because by grace are you saved through faith. Not through um, tongues or any gift or any other thing. You're already his. But what we want to tell you, that being his is good. And being his is enough. But you can have a little more. I hope I say this right. You can have a little more. You can, you can have more power for witnessing. You can have more power for service and for ministry. Okay, you can have more. Amen. Now you can be a witness already. And we hope you do witness. Amen. We hope you share the gospel. We hope you tell somebody. We hope you do, as the Lord leads you, as He opens doors of witnessing for you, that you do that. But for for um, for more for ministry and, and, and edification, you can have more. There are gifts of the Spirit. There are gifts that come with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, and there are gifts that you have even without repentance. You know, well, when repentance means that He doesn't change His mind. But you know, this it also means that before you repent, there's some good things that people have. Yeah, you can see it in some folks. You can see, you can see that discernment experience. You, know, you can see that, now we call it intuition, right? We call it intuition. You can see people with intuition, right? And they, they, they perceive stuff that's happening. You know, there's some good things that comes even before you get saved. You know, before the Lord saves you, you don't get saved. Before the Lord saves you. But what we want to encourage the church, 
You want to curse that seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Paul said to a group of people, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said, we haven't heard of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right? And he prayed with them. And they received the Holy Ghost. Peter was preaching to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was a, 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 a Roman, um, Roman officer. And he had family and he had servants. And um, the Lord told him in a dream to go to this man's house and preach. And while Peter was preaching, because he's a little long-winded, while Peter was preaching, the Holy Ghost fell upon the house. Yes. And he said, oh my goodness, we cannot deny that God has given this gift to the Gentiles. Now Jesus already told them to go into all the world. But you know, sometimes we have to be told the second time the Lord has to give us a little unction, a little push, you know, a little help. You know, have you ever been told by God to do something and you don't do it and he gives you a second chance to get it right? He gives you like a little, you know, okay, Lord, I'm on my way. You know, you know sometimes, sometimes we need that. You know, the church, the early church needed it. But they were content to stay right there in Jerusalem until they got chased out of there by persecution. All right. So, so when the Holy Ghost fell upon people at Cornelius' house, amen. And so it's this available. If you want it, you can have it. It's just for the asking. Amen. Amen. See, I, I can't I can't give it to you. Right? Right? If I can give it to you, how many can buy it? And that would not be right. That would not be gospel. Line up right here with your offering and receive it. But that would not be that would not be gospel. That's not God. I mean, I, I may do that one time and not be able to stand up after that. The Lord, Lord doesn't do that stuff. Lord doesn't do that stuff, right? Amen. But it's for you and you and you and all the all everybody who believe. Amen. It's not spooky or scary. <laughs> it's not really. It's not spooky or scary. Not something to be afraid of. Amen. It's just a worship. It's Worship the Lord. He asked the Lord for the Holy Spirit. He asked He breathed. Jesus breathed on them. And ten days later, they received the Holy Ghost. Right? He, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Right? And so what we want you to understand, what we want you to believe, is that this is for you. And it's okay. Amen. It's okay. Because God is available to you in more in all kinds of ways. And He wants you to um receive everything he has for you. Okay. Now, there are many denominations, many, many groups. You know, the church is divided into a whole bunch of denominations. We was on prayer this morning, and we have Baptists and Methodists and, and you know, and Pentecostals and, and Evangelical and different ones, right? Amen. But it's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. Amen. And it's not the water baptism I'm talking about. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Amen. Praise God. So listen, you need the Holy Ghost. You want the Holy Ghost. All right. You ask God. Say, Lord, I want to be endowed with power. I received you by faith. You saved me. I'm cleansed from my sins, and I thank you for it. And I want to be, have more power to work for you. Amen. And I want to be able to edify myself in prayer. 
when the gifts of the all the gifts of the spirit are for the people, for the body. But speaking of tongues, it's for you. Unless there's an interpreter. Okay. Basically it's for you. And so you could and he who speaks in tongues edifies himself. It builds you up. Right? Amen. And so this is for all of us. So we want you we want you to think about it. We want you to say, yeah, like that. And let's say you're the one that, uh, I don't need that, you think you don't need it. Uh, we're not going to bother with you about that. Okay? We just want to encourage you to ask for what will show us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. We thank God today. We're going to pause right there. And remember that it's for you and your children and your children's children and for all who are called. So down through the years, God is calling people to describe that person and the next person and the next person and the next person. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. Thank you for allowing this time of fellowship, this time of service. God, we thank you for your work. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've given freely to us. We are so pleased, God, by your generosity. Amen. And we thank you for all that you can do through us, Lord. Help us to avail ourselves to all that you have. That we, your people, would go forth in your power and in your name to do things that you ask us to do. We are so grateful for these opportunities, God. And we thank you for this day. We celebrate Jesus on Pentecost Sunday. Every Sunday and every day. We worship our Lord and our Savior. And we are so thankful for all that you're doing. Amen. Now, if you if you just ask the Lord, just say, Father, if you're not saved, first of all, you have to be saved. If you're not saved, you can just call upon the name of the Lord. You can ask Jesus into your life. Okay? The Bible teaches us that God does not desire for anybody to perish. He doesn't want anybody to have to go into judgment and condemnation, but that all people will come to repentance. All right? So if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can repent. And you can ask him into your life. Amen? He saves. He doesn't discriminate. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you've done, um, any of that stuff. That's, your background doesn't matter. Your heritage doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Your behavior prior to this doesn't matter. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No matter what you've been through, the Lord saves. He also heals and delivers. Amen? And if you want salvation, healing, and deliverance, it's through Jesus Christ. Just ask Jesus to come into your life. That's where it begins. Amen? Now, if you have some issues, if you have some problems, and you have some stuff that you think you need to straighten out first, don't worry about that. Don't straighten it out. Come to Jesus. Right? Don't try to straighten stuff out on your own. Don't try to fix it on your own. Well, I need to, I need to fix this before I, before I can join the church. No, you don't. You need to join Jesus before you join the church. Yes. That's it. You know, don't try to fix stuff. You have issues. You have problems. You have hurts. You have regrets. You have pain. You have grief. Whatever you have, right? You have addictions. You have compulsive behavior. Whatever you have, you bring all of it to Jesus. I uh, just just load it up in the van and drive it to Jesus by faith, right? And he'll take it all, 
all your stuff, all your mess, all your problems, all your things, everything that somebody did to you in the past that hurt you, bring that to right? All your regrets, all your sins, all the problems, all the problems you created, bring all those problems to Jesus. He can handle it. Bring it to him. Don't try to make yourself ready. You are ready right now. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me my sins. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Don't wait. Don't wait. Don't put it off. You are ready. You are already ready. He already accepts you. And he will take you in as you are. He's the only one that really means it when he says, come as you are. We say that, come as you are, and then we look strange at you. Uh -huh. But he really means it. Come as you are. Bring yourself and your stuff to Jesus. Amen. He's the only one that really has an open door policy. Because the door is open for you and anybody else. And don't, don't, wait for, don't wait for your brother or sister. Don't wait for your girlfriend. Come to Jesus. Right? Don't, don't wait. Don't wait on the next person. You be saved. Let the Lord save you today. Tomorrow's not promised to us. I don't believe you believe. If you believe, just come to him at a minute. Amen. Jesus saved me today. <laughs> Some folk will look at you crazy. But let us know. You know, go on the app. We have an app. We have um, email. We have stuff. Let us know that you came to faith in Jesus Christ. So we can celebrate with you. Amen. 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 That's, that's the beginning. That's the start. That's a good start. Praise God. And you know, look at your hands. Your hands will not look good. You stand in the mirror, you'll be the same person. You'll be the same person, but you'll be a new creation in Christ Jesus. And your spirit will be renewed. relationship with God the Father. And all your sins are forgiven. Oh, but Pastor, brother, I have a lot of stuff with me. I got a lot. All your sins are forgiven. It doesn't matter if you're part of the KKK. No, this is the radio KKK band. It doesn't matter if you're a rapist or whatever crimes you may have committed. Right? I'm not going to start naming stuff. Because all of us are sinners. All came to Christ. The church is full of junkies, whores, thieves, criminals, liars, cheaters, and all that. And the whole list. That's what we make up the church. That's what we are. We used to be all those things. We used to be all those things. But what are we now? We are sons of God. We are daughters of God. We have right standing with Jesus Christ.
Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank and praise God for the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Such a um, beautiful message. You know, pastor said it was the uh, preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the gospel. The preaching of the word of God that drew men. Um, I was just quickly looking back there in Acts and chapter 2 and after Peter preached the, the same Peter the same Peter that had this relationship with Jesus right in the flesh he was in relationship he was hand picked chosen by God they ate together he knew him um, as much as you could get to know someone as much as Jesus said, and, and if everything is true, and it is, according to what Jesus said, when he was talking to the Father about him and the others, he said, everything you gave to me and you told me to give to them, I did. He didn't hold back anything. You know, sometimes we're in relationship with people and we hold back. We don't give them all the goods, Mike. God will be pouring into us to pour into them. And we, we don't hold back. Um, but every now and then, the Lord will allow you to be mentored. And, and someone, and you know they're just giving you every two months. Sometimes you're like, whoa, whoa. I can't handle all of that. But they give you all the goods. All the treasures. All the things they learn. And that's what Jesus did. And even in that, when he left, Peter fell. Peter fell. He slipped back to the old man. He talked like the old man. And he went and started doing things that were familiar to him. Bible says Peter went fishing. He went back. That same man that went back was inspired by Christ and some other, some female evangelists. Come on. Come on, Peter. He's risen. Somebody encouraged him. And then Peter did not allow his pride of his fall. This is what he did not allow the fact that I was so good and I had so much going on and I missed it. You know, sometimes we fall and we can't get away from the fall because we stuck on what we thought we were, what we had. Well, oh my God, I can't get up from here. Because I remember when I told him I loved him, I'm going to die for you. You ain't going to die. He said a whole lot of stuff. But something in Peter got past that pride. He got past that. And he made his way into that upper room and sat there by faith. And when the Holy Ghost came, 
It fell on him, but Peter received such boldness. That's, I'm like, wow. I'm just listening to that. I'm like, he got so bold that he went out publicly. He went out publicly, Courtney, and tore the gospel up. He tore that message up. He preached. And the Bible says that people were at it left and right. He had so much anointing that when he would walk past people, and he knew that they would be that the, the anointing, the anointing, they were following him. Read. He wasn't just Paul. Peter was a bad dude too. But had he not gotten past, and I know I'm talking to somebody this morning, of when he messed up, when life did, did he was greatly disappointed. Jesus disappointed him. But he got past that disappointment. And I'm telling you this morning, we want to pray, but somebody is struggling with the fall. Struggling with the rejection and the disappointment, and you're trying to get back there. And I'm just telling you, go in that room and wait for the power. Just go there. Because he didn't hold back to Peter. We give people, people mess up with us, we give them a little bit. That's how we parent too. You messed up. I don't give you the same level of responsibility. You only get this. You only get this. You only get that. How many know Jesus doesn't deal with us like that? I'm telling you, I don't care what you've done, how much you fell back. Jesus does not hold back. Restoration is truly restoration. When things are restored, they look just like they did before. There's an anointing in you. There's a ministry in you. There's a purpose in you. There's a calling in you. There's a voice in you that God has ordained. And there's nothing that you have done that has changed God's mind. Nothing. Nothing you experienced, nothing you thought, nothing you uttered has made him take an eraser and say, I changed my mind. Because he doesn't do you like that. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus on this Pentecost Sunday. And we're asking you to give us an experience of your outpouring into our inner being this morning in the name of Jesus. God, we speak to those that are by the wayside, those that have gone fishing, those that have turned around because of disappointment, because of sadness, because of trauma, because of the world situation, 
because things have not turned out to their expectations and you didn't move yesterday when they thought you should. We speak to them this morning that they would rise above their disappointment, rise above their oppression and depression and sadness, God, and wait on you, Lord. That you would endow them with power in the name of Jesus. Your spirit is not limited. The Holy Ghost is not confined to the four walls of a church. But you said in the last day you would pour out your spirit on all flesh. God, we pray that the Holy Ghost would find them where they are. In the bed, in the bathroom, in the alleyway, in the closet, in the car. And meet them, God, in the name of Jesus. Turn their situations around. In their bed, God. In their hoarding bed. In the whorehouse, God. Find them in the name of Jesus. We know you're not limited and you do great and mighty things because you love us and you've called us and we pray by faith that there be an outpouring not in this building but in the world in the name of Jesus we send you Holy Ghost to our sons to our daughters to our nephews, to our nieces, to our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our cousins, in the name of Jesus. Move, Lord. Move, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, help us, Lord, to be the voice, the voice of love, the voice of truth, God. When you give us opportunity, Lord, help us who sit here, God, and eat, Lord. Help us to give out by faith because it's your gospel that saves and changes lives, Lord. Pray this. We ask this. We ask this, Lord. We ask this, Jesus. By faith, in Jesus' name, we pray. And let the church say it. He can do it. He can do it. Hallelujah. His spirit is not bound by our idiosyncrasies and our philosophies and our conditions and how we judge them and size them up. We don't have nothing to do with this great gospel. But it's him that works. Woo! It's him that saves. It's him that delivers. Hallelujah! Put your little hurt aside. They rejected you, told you off, cussed you out. It doesn't matter. God died that they would be redeemed. Hallelujah. Don't you know that ain't nothing but the works of darkness, the powers of hell, fighting against the plan of God. Hallelujah. But God is able. Yeah, he said it. God is able to do. Hallelujah. And more than able. How many more God to save and redeem? How many more God to change some lives this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pentecost.
resources bigger than me and you, hallelujah, born out. He used 120 to change a whole world. Hallelujah, 120 to change a whole world. Started with two, hallelujah, then call 12. Woo, look, you and I sitting here, way across the city, way across yonder on the other side. Hallelujah, God is good. Come on, let's clap our hands unto God. Hallelujah! I really 
walk straight if they try to. Walking and leaping and praising God. I saw my blind loved ones that can't understand the truth. If you spell this for them, they need bodies. I saw them delivered. Blind no more. Seeing the truth. Because he put it in the book so that I know he can do it. Thank <laughs> you. 
victory. There's no deliverance. Cause you're looking at performance. Get out of performance. Push yourself through a little bit. Hallelujah. 
person know inventory of yourself. And never allow the devil to let you live beneath your privilege and your purpose. Don't give him that win. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. On behalf of our pastors, Theodore and Linda Basin, we would like to thank you for joining the Living Water Christian Center Church for our Sunday morning virtual service. Although the physical doors of our church may be closed, our ministry is committed to spreading the gospel message and staying connected with you as we shelter in place. To support our ministry with your tithes and offerings, you can use PayPal at livingwaterccc, Cash App at Living H2O Church, or Zelle at 973-902. would like to send any prayer requests, you can contact us at 973-902-9933 or livingwater374 at gmail.com. We are also available via direct message at any of our social media platforms. Follow us at Living Water H2O Church on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to stay updated on our virtual worship services, Sunday school classes, prayer meetings, and Bible studies. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Be blessed and stay safe.